What is up, Kangaroo Chasers, and welcome back to the original and the best International Rugby League podcast. Um, I'm your host, Michael Carboni. You can call me Carbs. Of course, it's Chasing Kangaroos. It's great to have you back. Uh, Unfortunate news with this one. Of course, we're going to be talking about the press release from May 15, titled France Won't Host the Rugby League World Cup in 2025. Uh, expected um, and well-rumoured over the last couple of weeks. I didn't want to believe it myself, uh, but the news came out and there it was. Um, A tricky one to record about this time and we've had, you know, I'm no stranger to recording tricky episodes about difficult news when it comes to our our favourite subject here. Uh, International Rugby League has had its ups and downs and You know, as soon as things start to look good, COVID happened and it's been a rough couple of years and here we are, time after time. So I sit back and I'm thinking, what the fuck am I going to do here with this episode? Is it just going to be me for 40 minutes, you know, crying, getting angry, crying again? What do I do? And I had a direct message, a DM from longtime listener, Aiden Mullen. Aiden, I know you're listening, mate. Big shout out to you. Uh, you inspired this episode a little bit, or you inspired the style here, and it's an Ask Carbs sort of format. But the message from Aiden was, uh, and I won't read the whole message, I'll just read a couple of bits of it, but he said, Carbs, such heartbreaking news about France. Uh, hopefully, International Rugby League can lock in New Zealand ASAP. Um, he says, I hope you're well. It seems like you are everyone's therapist for when this bad news hits. I'm still recovering from the Wolfpack. Keep well, Aiden. Um, and I thought, you know what? Let's be the therapist for when the bad news hits. So I jumped on Twitter. I said, uh, Dr. Carbs is in the house for a Rugby League World Cup 25 therapy session. Leave your cues or your comments below and I'll record a podcast later tonight. And here I am recording that podcast. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Chasing Ruse Pod. Follow me on LinkedIn if you like, like Aiden did. It's mostly businessy stuff there. It's not as rugby leaguey. A little bit of rugby league stuff, but mostly business related. If you're interested in that, I'm happy for the follow. Um, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook as well at Chasing Kangaroos Podcast. Uh, but this one was a Twitter one. I just stuck to the Twitter. Um, it's a good format. A lot of you I know very well on there. The people that I interact with. Uh, I've become, you know, good Twitter friends with, so thought I'd throw it out. Dr. Carbs in the house for a therapy session. Leave your cues below and your comments, and I'm just going to go through all of them. I'm going to respond to every message. There's probably about 20 responses that I got there. So um, in no particular order, haven't really planned it, let's go. Therapy session, Rugby League World Cup in France cancelled. Uh, first one, of course, is man with a mic, Dustin. I guess this means, and trying to imagine this in Dustin's American accent, Rugby League in America podcast fans, I guess this means the show I planned with you in front of the Eiffel Tower is now off, mate. It is off. Um, obviously, Ian Barkley, another long-time listener, he suggested maybe Blackpool Tower instead. A little hint as to where Ian believes the World Cup should be in 2025 instead. Uh, mate, I reckon maybe Sky Tower in Auckland. Maybe we, we plan it anyway, Dustin. Sky Tower in Auckland could be 
the go. But anyway, good to start off with a funny one, mate, because the next one's serious. It's from another long-time listener, Chris, at The Real Flea. And if you're on Twitter, you'll know who The Real Flea is. He asked, should Troy Grant fall on his sword after this debacle? He says, I know, I think I know the answer you would give. And mate, you do, you do know the answer I would give. You know I'm a, I'm a big Troy Grant fan. I'm a believer in Troy Grant. Um, I know a few of you on Twitter call him out. I know, Chris, you're one of them. Um, you question the leadership, and that's fine. Um, the reason I'm a fan of Troy is a couple of reasons, actually. So he always gives us time on this podcast. He's been on the show a few times, always happy to take my calls and my messages if I have questions or need info. Um, so he's very open and transparent, I believe. He's been, you know bosses of International Rugby League, directors of International Rugby League in the past who probably haven't been as open or haven't wanted to be or haven't known how to be. I think Troy's done a good job of being transparent. He's always sort of telling us what's going on. He's not afraid to, good or bad. So that's the first one, the transparency I like. Secondly, you know, to have the ambition to try and get to France in the first place I think is a big deal. If he pulled it off, we'd be celebrating. Um... But it's gone the way it has, unfortunately. So it's a big blow for him. Um, and when I heard the, the news, the first thing I did was send him a text and say, mate, I'm really sorry. I know you're working hard for this and I know it was a big deal for you. Um, big idea. Um, didn't happen. Hasn't happened. Um, but hopefully we can get moving forward for whatever happens next. And I, I know, you know, Troy, he did put a lot of work and he and the team, I guess, have put a lot of work into getting the Tongan tour of England across the line and I know there's more to come as well by way of announcements in the next few months and well hopefully hopefully we can get on track with this World Cup now by finding a new host um sad news but yeah look Chris you can call for Troy to fall on his sword it's your opinion um and you know I love the stuff that I love what you do for the game man as well so all respect but I'm a fan of Troy's and that hasn't changed. Um, Liam Richardson, is the door open for the World Cup potentially being in France in 2029? If not, is there any decision about where 2029 will be held? Um, I don't mind. I don't mind that um, France 29, if it's possible. Um, Sean commented on that uh, at Boozart 664. So 2029 was always my preference for France, 75th anniversary of the first World Cup, and that's pretty cool. Um, maybe it would have made more sense in the grand scheme of things, giving France a little bit more time and giving them 2029 and doing something else in 25. Um, I don't know if, if, it, if the door is still open, to be honest with you. I think this is a big blow. Uh, without the government funding, can it be done? Uh, can it be done to the scale that we wanted to do it? Um, maybe not. Um, I'd like to think France is still a chance in the future, uh, but you'd have to think it's, you know not not really on the table right now. Uh, what we do know is, you know, 2025 is hopefully going to be sorted soon. There's some emergency discussions and I think we'll talk later about who that could be or who could host that. There is talk that it could happen, that it could be pushed back to 2026 to give the new host a little more time. Um, and there's also talk that, you know, some... Um, that there have been there has been some interest in some hosts, potential hosts for twenty twenty nine 
and 2033, as well as some World Nines um, sort of action. Now, I don't know how strong those are, but, you know, apparently some decisions could be made in July. We'll wait and see. Um, but really, the main focus here is going to be what the fuck happens in 2025. Next question. Moners at DJ Bulkers. Um, he said, would you prefer Australia, New Zealand to host it or just solely New Zealand or Australia? Um, I would, I think I've made it pretty clear on my, on several episodes of the pod that I would love for New Zealand to be able to solely host the World Cup uh, for various reasons. Um, Greg Peters has been on this show himself and he said uh, that, you know, they're probably not ready to do it on their own. Uh, that was about two years ago, though. Um, they did, New Zealand Rugby League did actually put out a press release as well. Let me see if I can find that, actually. Let me see if I can find that so I can read it for you word for word. Here it is. Greg Peters, um, and this is a quote from him, New Zealand Rugby League CEO, said, we're exploring the possibility of a Southern Hemisphere Rugby League World Cup as an alternative to France 2025. We're keen to work with the ARLC to host the tournament in New Zealand and Australia, and have started the conversations. Bringing the international tournament down under is an exciting proposition, not only for the fans, but our Indigenous and Pacifica communities. So New Zealand really on the front foot. They came out very early with that one. Um, they probably, I guess, would seem to be the front runners now. Um, so we'll see what happens um, and we'll see if anyone else pops up as well. Let's go back to some of these tweets. Dr. Carbs in the house. What do we got here? Who is next? Back to some of these replies. Um, lap. Lapid Gossard at the Stone Gossard. It's a couple here, a couple of couple of tweets here from from this at Stone Gossard. He says, "I have three suggestions for new hosts." All right, let's hear it. I have three suggestions for new hosts. One, a standalone New Zealand-based tournament. Two, a shared tournament throughout the Pacific. Three, a Magic World Cup at Suncorp. So three is obviously the best choice. Winky face. Discuss the pros and cons of the other two options. Uh, two comes with the caveat of not including New Zealand. Um, look, I think the best option, um, the best option there is option one, uh, standalone New Zealand-based tournament. Um, if it can be done standalone in New Zealand financially, I think my reasoning here is not only do, does New Zealand deserve it, uh, the Warriors without a home for three years thanks to COVID, or away from home, I should say, for three years because of COVID. Um, New Zealand, the sport growing very strong, uh, lots of Kiwis in the NRL now. Um, the biggest part is the the Tongan Samoan diaspora. I mean, what a special World Cup it would be. Um, what colour, what noise. What excitement um, having, you know, New Zealand, Tonga, Samoa really well supported. Um, it would be like, it would be like three countries hosting. Um, I'd try and get option two there, mate, shared tournament throughout the Pacific. I'd try and get 
you know, Fiji playing in Fiji, Tonga playing a match in Tonga, PNG playing a match in Port Moresby, etc., etc. I try and get that happening with New Zealand as a sole base. They've got new stadiums, they've got cool stadiums. You could really spread it out across both islands. Um, and I think it would be a good, good um, not a test for the NRL, but it will be a good segue for the NRL, or NRL to announce another a second New Zealand team. Excuse me, I think there's a lot of positives about potentially hosting this in New Zealand and I actually think in New Zealand 2025 or 2026, if they have to postpone it a year, World Cup um, is probably a, a really good option. Thanks, mate, for your questions. Dr. Carbs continuing to scroll. What else have we got here? Let's, let's see. Okay, next comment or question is from Lord Sean Buchanan at 58. What's up? What's up? How you doing, Lord Sean? says, NRL have said they want to share hosting duties with ARL. But is it possible for NRL to host the entire tournament? Do they have the grounds available, the option of a final at either Eden Park or Wellington? Or do we run the risk of an empty house in New Zealand if New Zealand doesn't make the final? Uh, answer the first bit. Would love for New Zealand to host. Um, reason for ARLC being involved, um, would they co-host? Would Australia New Zealand, New Zealand co-host? Um, I, if they did, I'd love for New Zealand to be main host with the final. I think that would be awesome. Um, the reason there's a lot of talk about ARLC, about Australia, is, of course, um, the government funding, right? So the Australian Foreign Affairs Department, you often hear uh, being tied to uh, a potential Pacifica bid in the NRL. So looking at a Pacifica team funding a Pacific, the Australian government funding a Pacifica team or a Papua New Guinean team, um, won't get too much into politics, but um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's Australia's way of keeping a lot of the Pacific Rim um, on side as opposed to on side with China. I'm not going to get into a lot of those politics. I'm not the right person to do that, um, but. I'm of the belief that, you know, if you're going to spend $30 million a year propping up a rugby league club, maybe you can uh, use funds on a World Cup like this instead. So, um, yeah, that's my opinion on that. Uh, do they have grounds? Yep, lots of new grounds over in New Zealand. I'd have the final at Eden Park. Um, do we run the risk of an empty house if New Zealand doesn't make the final? Uh, no, we don't run that risk. Um, but we actually have... You know, as long as New Zealand, Samoa or Tonga make the final, um, I think you're going to get a good crowd. Um, I think you're going to get better crowds in New Zealand than we did at the recent World Cup in England in the UK. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that'll be an issue. I, I think it'll be really special. Um, New Zealand, Tonga, Samoa, as long as they're up there, it's going to be really special. Um, Duke25, he says... I think I'm too disappointed to think. That was me this morning, mate. That was me this morning. Uh, I feel you, brother. I feel you. Uh, Jack Martin at Jack Omato. He asks, does this mean the dream of USA 2025 is once again alive? Uh, short answer, no, not alive. I don't think it's possible. I don't think we could pull it together. Um, I do think that the IRL would love USA to be able to host, or maybe USA, Canada to be able to host, maybe at 29 or 33. Um, we've just lost France, so I don't want to get too pie in the sky. 
um, New Zealand or Pacific, I think, is going to be next. USA is still a nice dream. So that big ref, a.k.a. Gavin from Penrith, he wants to know, was combining all four tournaments, men's, women's, under-19s and wheelchair, meant to save cost? Or has it just added to the cost? Maybe we're best holding these in separate years. Mate, I agree, Gav. Um, and I said this early in the piece before France was announced. I, I thought that, you know, it was it was awesome that we saw men's, women's wheelchair at the 21 World Cup. Um, big, ambitious, bold, bigger than ever inclusive etc etc that's great um but was it necessary every time is it expensive is it too big you know is the men's tournament doing a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to sponsorship and tv deals and all that sort of thing um you know we're talking about for this french world cup we were talking about having like 64 teams um, across the tournament that's a lot of people that's a lot of organizing that's a lot of cost um to me, probably overly ambitious, and it might sound like I'm saying that in hindsight. Listen listen to a few old episodes. I said the same thing before this was announced, uh, before France was even announced. Um, I think we need to rethink that. Split the men, split the women, split the wheelchair, split the, the juniors. Um, and it's a good opportunity to, to try smaller World Cups in new locations and see if it works without blowing the cost of the budget. <sighs> All good in hindsight, right? Good question, Mike. Good question, uh, Gav. Uh, Carsten, Carsten Brum, the at Swiss cowboy who recently, recently visited Brisbane for Magic Week. Hope you liked it, mate. Back to, um, back to Germany now. Or Switzerland, sorry. Carsten, another long-time listener, he said, and that means the Rugby League World Cup qualifiers are a big uncertainty. IRL can't give funding until it's certain. The small nations will struggle even more. That's that's a big one, mate, and you've hit the nail there. Um, what happens with qualifiers now? Um, we've, got, we've got Euros and we've got Middle East Africa's and we've got America's Championships as well. All of these going towards qualifying. What's going on now? Everything seems to be up in the air. Um, funding from the IRL, it's another one. You know, if the World Cup is going to be postponed to 26 potentially to give someone time, just for example, to give to give a new host time, um, that's an extra year on top of what's to come where the IRL isn't really earning anything um, or doesn't have many opportunities to earn it's a difficult situation. It's been rough on the IRL the last few years. It's even rougher. Uh, Real fleas back. Is there a more poorly run sport in the world, mate? It feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? I think every sports fan feels that way about their sport, though, sometimes. Uh, oh, the Saint. At Oh, the Saint. How much funding was initially promised by the French government and how much was it subsequently reduced by? Um, different reports, man. Um, so I heard reports saying like between like 50 and 60 million euros was the original promise from the French government. And um, then once, you know, the the party change, the change, the parties changed up, apparently like 15 mil was taken away. Um, the French government asked the French Rugby League to, to try and find those funds elsewhere, locally, etc. Couldn't happen yada 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 we all know the story but yeah i think it was originally i want to say 
50 million euro was the original promise um, that then became like 30 or 35. It's a big cut. Um, and at that stage, once we started hearing that, I've got to be honest, I guess for me it was like very much hopeful that, yeah, look, this could still happen, but at a smaller scale, you know, do we go back to eight women's teams and eight wheelchair teams and like really start to cut it back a little bit. And I think that was the thinking and the impression or the idea from IRL, from French Rugby League. I think they thought, look, we can still do this, but to a smaller scale. Um, but what scared me was, of course, a lot of the articles from, from Steve Mascord. And when Steve writes something, it's usually true and I didn't want to believe it. But um, yeah, to Steve's credit, he's been writing about this for a while been writing about this for a while. Um, next up, Mundalism. Another long-time listener. I love you guys. Thank you guys for listening, for asking questions, and I hope you. I hope I'm helping with this one. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but we need the therapy session. I need it as much as you guys do. Um, so Mundalism, he says, a few years ago on an Ask Carbs, I asked you if COVID had destroyed International Rugby League. Your response on the pod was optimistic. Do you still hold this view following this news? Fuck, man. What a tough question, dude. Um, it's hard, man. Um, and and you're a long-time listener. You know that for me, there have been periods where I'm just like, I've been like, fuck this. Why am I doing this? What, like, I've, I've, got to, like, I've almost thrown this podcast away, thrown the towel away. Uh, end of last year, one of those moments where I was like, okay, I'm done, mentally done. Um, but I keep going because we're all fucking crazy together and I feel like I need it as much as you guys, you know, but things like this happen and you go, fuck man, like it's like half a step forward and 20 steps back sometimes. And, and COVID was a difficult time for rugby league. You know, we we're just seeing the, the Tongan explosion. Um, and then COVID happened and it, and it really, really slowed us down you know um you know a lot of people talking about things like narls and euro 13s and world cups and so many things that you know you know a lot of uh a lot of poorly timed planned things i guess uh world cup postponed by a year um eats into a lot of potential profits for the irl and the irl just continues to string it along um it has been tough man um, I've got to admit, I'm not as optimistic as I have been. Um, I've been forced in my mind, you know, I don't know if I'm just maturing, um, but a lot of my pie in the sky thinking is turning into, you know, consolidating, building foundations, being strong um, and growing from there. And it's probably why, you know, I sort of tend to believe that um, the, a, New, a New Zealand hosted World Cup is probably a a better plan than the French one was because, you know, big crowds, big audience, close to Australia, um, Tongans and Samoans right there in the action. Um, it would be crazy. Like the atmosphere would be phenomenal. So, so, you know, really solidify those foundations, grow from there and then see what happens. My optimism is there now. I'm still optimistic, but I guess I'm less up, less optimistic about some of the pie in the sky stuff that I used to believe in. Sounds sad, hey? Just being honest. 
Um, another one from Mundalism. I guess I won't be taking long service leave to go to France anymore. Nope. Nope, won't be. Oh, you can still go. You can still go. Just won't be watching World Cups. Love France. Good, beautiful country. Uh, uh, at Pax Australis, P. McCormack. Thanks for your question. It says, considering the condensed time frame to organise would a smaller Rugby League World Cup, 12 men's teams, 8 women's, 8 youth and 6 wheelchair be easy to organise, be more economical and more likely to get New Zealand government support? A lot of you guys, you know, same thinking as me, thinking New Zealand's the way to go. But Paddy, I don't mind this idea. I don't mind this idea of consolidating, making it smaller. I think we might actually have to. All right, here's a crazy idea that's forming in my mind right now. Fuck, maybe I am still pie in the sky. All right, let me try and work this out because I'm just literally making it up right now. <laughs> Hopefully it's good and I don't sound ridiculous. Water therapy session. What a great therapy session this is. <sighs> okay. So imagine we have... Okay, you... Okay, here's a this is this is going to sound fucking crazy. It's an eight-team World Cup finals, but it's a sixteen-team World Cup. Okay, get ready. So the top four nations from the last World Cup automatically qualify for the finals. The top eight. So it's Australia, Samoa, New Zealand, England. They all qualify. They're in. So we need to get qualifiers for the next four spots in that top eight. Um, they come from the next 12 nations. So you have the next 12 nations are in the qualifying tournament, which is like a three-weeks tournament before the actual finals, the top eight finals. So you have four groups of three. And the next four qualifiers or the next four highest place from the last world cup are in each of those groups have you lost have i lost you yet it's all coming together this is brilliant so you've got tonga fiji papua new guinea and lebanon are in four separate groups in the 12 the qualifying 12 so then you have france and you've got you know, Italy and Greece and Jamaica, whoever qualifies, Ireland, Wales, whoever qualifies. So out of those four groups of three, they play each other once over three weeks and the top in each group qualifies for the World Cup finals. They make their way into the top eight. They have two groups of four, they play each other once, then they have a top four semi-final, grand final. So you're having like Australia versus New Zealand early or England or Samoa or whatever. You've got those strong nations. It's strong. There's only eight at the top. It's strong. And, of course, to get to that 12 qualifying, it's the regional qualifiers. So it's your Pacific Cups, your Euro Cups, your MEA. You have to, you have to get through to qualify. If you didn't make the top eight at the last World Cup, you have to earn your spot through the regionals. So you're earning your spot through the regionals. Eight of those from the regionals will go through for the qualifying three weeks, the, the 12 qualifiers, and the top four, one from each group, goes through 
to the World Cup finals, the top eight. For argument's sake, Australia, New Zealand, Samoa, England, Fiji, PNG, Hoover, Miss, Tonga, Lebanon. <sighs> Does that make any sense? It'd be fucking cool. You'd still get you'd get some awesome qualifiers in the lead up. You got some purpose for a lot of nations to to strive for. You still get opportunities for a Greece or a Jamaica to to make to get their shot and maybe have a fairy tale. But then what you get, which is really important, is a really strong finals, final eight, um, some really strong internationals, a World Cup that is meaningful. I like that idea. I like that idea. Tell me if it's shit, guys. DM me. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even LinkedIn. DM me. Tell me if you got a better one. Who's next? Mundalism's back. Uh, Mundalism, will this be a fatal blow to France ever being able to provide reasonable competition in future? <sighs> I don't know if it's a fatal blow, man. I mean, France has fucking had their fair share of fatal rugby league blows. Um, this isn't the worst thing that has happened to French rugby league. Um, but it does put things on the back burner. Um, it does make things tougher. I really felt like this World Cup could have been, you know, could have put rugby league in the spotlight for the first time in a long time and could have been great on the national stage for France. Um, there, Part of the press release that came out um, mentioned that there would be some funding going to domestic rugby league in France. I don't know how much that is. I don't know what that's going to do. Um, I don't know what that if that can help out or what all of this does for Luc Lacoste's plan, you know, professional competition in France. I think it makes it a tougher barrier. It's going to make it harder to achieve that. Um, look, I don't think it's a fatal blow. I think it slows things down for a little while. It could be another 10 or 20 years before we're talking about France again. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but it just at this point, at this moment, seems tricky. What do we got? Ian at Ian Horrocks one. Newbie, I think. Newbie. I don't know if he's listened if I've had a question from him before. Awesome, Ian. Welcome. He says almost twenty years of Catalans. Why aren't France aren't any more competitive? Why aren't France any more competitive? Uh, he said, enjoyed the last podcast and the suggestion about a qualifier to play England. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Ian. You are a listener. But if, as you suggested, the rugby league are looking at a big picture, that'll be a first. <laughs> okay, so uh, what else is he saying? Now, he's also said, or after 20 years, why hasn't the game's profile improved in France so the government decision to pull the plug couldn't have been made so easily? Um, we had a response by Sammy. Uh, Sammy's actually from Paris. He says, that's a million-dollar question. I think it's mainly because it's run poorly with no long-term vision. Add that to the fact that the sport has no intention of growing outside a few cities in the south and you have a part of your answer, in my opinion. So um, Sammy, probably more well-equipped to answer the question than I am being from Paris. Um, so back to Ian's question. After almost 20 years of Catalans, why aren't France any more competitive? Um, and this is a really good question, right? And I always compare Catalans to the Warriors um, because, you know, one nation in a national competition that isn't part of their or one club from a nation that isn't part of the nation that uh, the national competition is run in. That doesn't make any fucking sense. You guys all know what I mean. 
Um, but the big and, – and Catalans arguably on the field, you know, they've won trophies, you know, they've had success, whereas the Warriors, you know, made a few NRL grand finals, but, you know, it's been, it's been tough for them. But the big difference is I think, you know, before the Warriors, there were a lot of Kiwis starting to come through into – the NRL or the New ARL or the New South Wales Rugby League or whatever it was back then, there were Kiwis starting to come through. It was an area um, that clubs were tapping into for development. Um, we didn't see a lot of that with France. There weren't a lot of, oh, there might have been a few, but not as many in the English leagues. And what we're seeing now is um, the Warriors very early on started producing, developing players from New Zealand. And there's so much talent over there, so much rugby talent that all the NRL clubs, and we heard an episode with the Niche Cache a few months ago, which if you haven't listened to that, go back in the catalogue. It's probably the best episode I've ever recorded, one of the best conversations I've had, that that chat with Niche Cache. And we learnt that every NRL club has a pathway from New Zealand. They're all trying to find talent in New Zealand. So what you get is a massive spread of New Zealand players across the NRL, a lot of Kiwis. There's a lot of depth in the Kiwis, more than ever before. We didn't see that in France. And only now, after 20 years, are we starting to see finally a Catalan squad which has a lot of French players in it. And that was not the case for a long period of time. And only now are we starting to see the odd French player in other English club sites. Um and that's the key difference, right? We're not developing youth. Or Catalan's only really starting to develop that youth now. We haven't seen enough of it. So we're at this point where if if Catalan's withhold their talent from a mid-season test, then France gets shellacked 64-0. Um, they're not competitive. Um, that needs to change, Um one idea or one way to change that is more French clubs in the Super League, Toulouse. Uh, that won't do much, much, uh, might do a little bit, but won't do much. Gives us a slightly wider pool to choose from. Another idea is, you know, English clubs try and tap into French pathways. Maybe possible, but at the end of the day, French rugby is so rich and strong that they're going to keep their best players or take their best players back. The other one is a French professional competition. Um, I think the last one is what we have to really strive for. It's also the hardest one. It's also easier said than done. But I'm on record as saying quite a bit, we need a a professional French competition. Is that harder now than ever before? Probably. Okay, hypothetic rugby league. Dave Hunter, should the IRL obtain some sort of guarantee from bidding nations from now on? Maybe a deposit. Smiley emoji. <laughs> Man, this is this is a weird one, right? Because, like, w- when the French prime president or prime minister, president, it's the president, when the French president makes the announcement that they're going to be funding a rugby league World Cup and it's all signed on the dotted line, like, you think it's legit, right? Uh, governments, governments. Anyway, uh, Sammy's back. Sammy 
from Paris, did the results of the last World Cup affect this decision? They surely had to consider the fact that the most recent World Cup barely made any money. Uh, Sammy, I think you've hit the nail on the head, man. Um, you know, World Cup um, uh, in deficit, really. We know, or we learnt last episode um, that the English government subsidised a lot of the deficit and it was, you know, thanks to rising costs, uh, thanks to postponement, it was more expensive than we thought it was going to be. Um, we also didn't see, like, you know, to be honest, some good crowds for English games, but really a bit disappointed with the crowds. And I think if you're the French government watching that and things are tough in country, and we won't go too far into politics there, but, you know, you kind of got to say, hey, why, why, why did we commit to pay... 50 million euros here why are we why are we funding this this um event that's not going to make money um sucks but anyway i think i think you're right sammy uh mitch is there any point to a pacific world cup why are we trying to win the pacific between tonga samoa there is roughly 300k people we won the pacific when we got its these four and western city in auckland look probably true I, I think it's still nice to have a game in fiji have a game in Tonga, um, certainly um, some and Samoa, certainly Papua New Guinea. Like, there's a lot of Papua New Guineans, and I know they're not a rich country, but like, you know, it's it's an important piece of our international puzzle. Um, but it's why I think that all, that like New Zealand needs to be the main host because, like, you're getting it all, you're getting all of that, and it's fucking going to be awesome if they can pull it off. So yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to kind of agree with you. Uh, Mitch then continues to say, for me, a New Zealand World Cup only based in New Zealand is the best option. It's, it's a good good call. It is a good call. Um, Mundalism's back. Another one, mate. Thank you for all these little comments. You obviously need a lot of Dr. Carbs therapy. Uh, will we see an exodus of French League players to Union, thus setting back any plans to reinvigorate French Rugby League? I don't know. That's always a that's always a threat. There's a lot more money in French Union than league. It's always a threat. Um, but you know, if you don't give players opportunities, then they're going to go where the opportunities are and the money. Dan Towers at Beefy Towers. Uh, does France still retain host rights regarding qualification? I would think. Look, we haven't heard anything official on that, but I would certainly think they don't retain the host rights. Uh, interesting to see if that means there's another European spot available at the World Cup. Um, or if they cut the numbers, as some are suggesting, you know, it could be a whole whole reconfiguration of everything. We'll see how that goes. Uh, at Paul MC, Paul Mack, um, will France now have to qualify for 2023? Again, I would think so, man. I, I mean, I don't see why not. Um, Sean says, slight tweak to the Euro A Championship, currently top two that aren't England-France qualify. Keep Group A as top country that is in England, change Group B to top two. Uh, then Paul responded, I'd kick England out, promote Holland, top two in each group, qualify for the World Cup, safe Serbia, yeah, from getting 100 points on them. Yeah, we'll, look, we'll see. Sorry, guys, I'm rambling now. We'll see what, um, we'll see what happens there. <sighs> Rux and Rahman, hey, boys, the American boys. To what extent is the Australian government constrained in its ability to support a Rugby League World Cup by existing commitments to Rugby World Cup 27 and 2023 Olympics in Brisbane? Good question, guys. 
um, Rox and Raman, our American listeners, our California-based listeners. Um, so um, Australian government in a kind of decent position compared to the rest of the world. We've just, I don't want to get too political, blah, 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 pretty boring. Um, but um, Labor Party's just delivered their first surplus budget in like four decades. Um, that's going to go into deficit next year for sure. But um, the point is we're kind of okay-ish compared to the rest of the world. Um, $2.4 billion um, pledged to infrastructure for the Olympics in 2032. Um, not, not, I, I don't think the Australian government is... And I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Like, to be honest, I don't know. But I don't think the government supporting the Rugby um, Union World Cup in 2027 in any way. Um, and that's probably something I'm envious of as a rugby league fan. Like the, the, what the Rugby Union World Cup does do that the Rugby League World Cup doesn't seem to do is make an economic impact on the host. Um, so a lot of tourists come for the Rugby Union World Cup and, and you boys will see that. You boys are coming. I know you're coming. Um, I know you guys are coming for the Union World Cup. So you'll see a lot of um, British tourists, Kiwis, stuff like that. You'll see a lot of those here. And that's good, man. Rugby Union World Cup makes money. Um, that's what we need to aspire to. You know, we need, we want nations to to want to host Rugby League World Cups because they know it's going to have a strong economic impact. Um, that's where we need to get to. Um, good question though, guys. Um, but yeah, I, like, I don't think, I think, you know, but going back to what I said before, um, the Australian Foreign Affairs Department has money that they want to spend on Pacific Rim relationships and the key plan in securing those relationships appears to be rugby league. Um, so there's definitely budget there for something like this. Uh, and I think that's how I'm going to end it, guys. That's all the comments. So there was a few more than I expected. Um, a lot of you guys need therapy. And I'm glad I've got to deliver it. Um, and I hope I don't sound like a rambling mess. I wanted to make sure I wasn't a bubbling, babbling mess, crying, angry mess. Um, but I'm actually, I'm actually getting used to this. Um, and what I mean by that is I'm getting used to the idea that 2025 France isn't going to happen and I'm hoping that from the ashes the phoenix will rise <laughs> and we can get a fucking awesome world cup on this side of the world instead let's hope it can happen you hear about it here if it does we'll certainly be talking about it uh, we won't stop and I'm glad you guys are with me thanks for chasing kangaroos with me guys I'll see you next week